I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Welcome back to Keanu Believe It, the Talk Film Society podcast that is all Keanu Reeves, all the time. I'm Sam Van Heron, assistant editor at TFS, and a lifelong fan of the singular Keanu Reeves. I am your guide through his diverse and interesting career. Each week, a guest and I discuss a film from his filmography, which we've been working through in chronological order. On this episode, we'll be discussing Henry's Crime. Joining me to discuss the crime dramedy is Mark Watlington. How's it going, Mark? It's going great. How are you, Sam? Doing pretty good. Uh, looking forward to talking about Keanu with you. Uh, as it's your first time on the podcast, uh, why don't you let our fine listeners uh, know about your history with Keanu and uh, your thoughts on him overall? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pulling up his filmography so I can see exactly where I first saw him. And I think, like um, like most people, The Matrix was where I first saw him. Although I got to The Matrix super late, like probably like ten years after it came out. Um, mm-hmm. But that was definitely my my introduction to him, and I, I've been really enjoying his um his kind of career path of going from you know an action guy to kind of a comedy you know drama guy um and you know in some something's got to give as well you know some some romantic stuff and then kind of back to back to action now which is fun yeah uh, again we've been uh, you know pretty, pretty every episode at this point we say how just interesting his filmography has been and how he's never he's never content to kind of stay in a rut he's always willing to try new things and uh, even if they don't work out i always respect that he's i can see usually i can see what drew him to something even if it doesn't you know fully work Uh, yeah and and that's something that i you know i was trying to figure out after i watched this movie i was like what is what do we talk about for this movie um because for the listeners who haven't gone to amazon prime and watched this movie um there's uh not a whole lot of talking points here uh, but I think that what's interesting about it is that it takes him from his, like, something's got to give lake house romance in the early aughts to kind of more of a, of a thriller genre thing. Although uh, this is probably more of a romance than a thriller, right. but it, it kind of straddles that line more than, uh, other things he's done. Yeah. And I, uh, so I, so I, you know, I had a fine enough time watching it. Uh, it doesn't, there's no, it's not one of those movies that I, found anything you know disagreeable with it's just kind of uh it's not super original but at the same time i wonder if my enjoyment of it isn't colored a little bit by how bad uh, a couple of his other movies that are in this vein are uh speaking of like the prop people always ask like what the worst one uh so far that i've seen while working through his filmography and it's easily the film uh feeling minnesota uh and it's the similar, it's a similar where it's about, like, it's a romance drama, but then also, like, romance comedy that also deals with criminal activities. And this is just so much, 
it's at least competent in a way that that movie is not, that I wonder if that influenced why I enjoyed watching this movie. Yeah. So I'm curious to, for someone who hasn't seen that movie, uh, what your thoughts on it were. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that this movie... Um yeah, when when you called it a dramedy in, in your introduction, I was a little bit surprised by the the comedy part of that. I didn't find this movie that funny. Although I suppose James James Khan is kind of playing it lighter than uh, he normally does, and really any other character is doing. Um, it's kind of just kind of a, a lighthearted genre thing. Uh, and I'm I'm a sucker for any heist movie. O- Ocean's Eleven is like probably my favorite movie of all time. And really, anything that involves a bank robbery is great. Um, but this somehow managed to uh, make me feel nothing about this bank robbery, be- be- mainly because there isn't a whole lot of tension in no. the in like the robberies. It, there, there's two robberies that happen, and neither of them are very exciting. And just overall, yeah. Admittedly, I wrote that uh, introduction before finishing the movie, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I, I don't think. I mean, it is. I think it's a comedy in the fact that it's. It's not very funny. There's some funny bits, especially with I think there's some good like there's some good Keanu reactions and some James Conn lines that are, uh, but it's not like it's not a comedy in the sense that it's trying to make you laugh. Like that's not the it's not really the goal yeah. as much as it's like you said light you know uh, lighthearted like amiable like I liked most of the characters even though even if they're not super well defined or anything it's mostly from I like all the actors in it so uh, it's hard to. I mean, yeah, but like you said, it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what to talk about. It's uh, it's, it's really almost like a rom-com in a lot right. of ways, especially yeah, because sure. um, well, and, and we'll probably get go through the plot pretty quickly here. Um, but he has a meet cute, and then like you know, it kind of has to. It very much falls in in those rom-com tropes, and and I'll I'll point that out more as as we start getting into the plot. Yeah, uh, so might as well yeah dive in a little bit here. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it starts with Keanu as this bored uh, toll booth operator. Uh, he uh, clearly, you know, he's just bored and aimless, and it's not like he. But at the same time, I was expecting this to be the movie like where he like hates his life, uh, hates his job, but it's really not. It's kind of like he's just going through the motions. Uh, he's just kind of detached, like he's not passionate about anything. He's not passionate about his job. He's not passionate about his wife. Uh, Played by the sadly uh, wasted Judy Greer. Uh, For real, I just, I'm so sick of hearing when I, having to say wasted Judy Greer because she's one of my favorite character actors. So I was I was excited when I saw that she was in it, uh, but she's basically a, in a very thankless role. Yeah, I had the same reaction of like you know I I saw her name in the credits and I was like oh awesome Judy Greer's here and then I saw that they were married and I was like oh wow she gets a big role as her as uh, Keanu's like wife. And then she's really only in like the the one scene, and then she kind of disappears. Yeah, I think she, yeah. I mean, she's yeah. She basically pops up uh, and then uh, and disappears. Yeah, she's very underutilized. Uh, I mean, she is a she's a great actress, and I think she she's one of those uh, I, you know uh, that person uh, actors. But like, I was hoping that she'd at least have a little bit more to. But she's really just there to. Uh, and it's, I was expecting more like, at least she's not like this awful ex, you know, the the trope of like the ex-wife yeah. is terrible and that's why he is aimless. It's more like, no, she's just, you know, they're just wanting different things. And it's like, I appreciate yeah. that. But again, she, I wish she had more to do. She actually is like 
the whole their whole relationship dynamic is she's like I want kids and he's like I don't and you know that's the conflict and that's really all we know about their relationship other than you know they don't make it through Keanu going to jail um, which is which is the next plot point um, right so yeah like he's basically uh, just going like uh, going along with whatever happen- that comes into his life so like the next moment is like they're having this big you know heart to heart of like she's like you know do you love me anymore thing and then that's conversations interrupted by uh, Fisher Stevens at the door, uh, who and this is just this movie is filled with uh, great character actors for sure. But uh, so like Fisher Stevens is there. Uh, his character is kind of like basically just a plot, like a plot device uh, in the end. Like he's literally just there to put the plot in motion, and then later on we'll get to where he just kind of comes in to throw a wrench into things. Uh, but basically, he uh, this is where. I was, this movie keeps making me think it was going to be more of like a, because of the way Keanu behaves in this beginning mm-hmm. uh, scene where like he just goes along with these guys like he's nuts like Fisher Stevens is saying like we need another player for a softball game uh, and Keanu's like don't you know that it's November uh, yeah so it, that's really confused me a does does Keanu know Fisher Stevens from like a you know a past life or like you know maybe before he got married or the when they went to high school together or they're like old friends or I also couldn't tell because like when he showed up I was like oh so Fisher Stevens shows up and one of his associates is like has a black eye and is throwing up and so it's pretty clear that they're not playing softball they're doing something more uh, criminal and right. I cu- I couldn't tell if Keanu understood that. Uh, the innuendo that Fisher Stevens was laying down, or if he was honestly like, "All right, I'll go play softball." I, yeah, I had no why, idea. Yeah, this movie's a little odd in that way because it keeps presenting these things like, "Oh, like I guess what it's saying is that he's just willing to go along with anything," but then it really never pays off. Like it never, like I guess it's suggesting that because there's this moment where like, uh, so they drive off, uh, and then basically what it is is that uh, Eddie. Fisher Stevens character Eddie is basically just kind of knows I guess which they never explain or dive into but that he knows that uh, Henry will just go along with this uh, so basically he's saying it's a base softball game but really they're gonna they're about to rob a bank uh, and I guess the softball jerseys are their uh, uniforms for the the bank robbery I guess which seems kind of contrived um I I really have have no idea why softball jerseys. I, I assumed uh, ignorantly that they were like, oh, we need an excuse to get him to play. Let's go buy softball jerseys. But then in hindsight, like they don't. Why would would you go through that extravagant of a lie? Um, yeah, it really I mean, makes I guess no they sense. Just wanted to, they wanted a they wanted a uh, you know uh, a stool pigeon. Like they wanted someone to. Uh, they wanted someone to, uh, a lackey to just, you know, basically take the fall for this robbery or something goes wrong. But, like, it's so weird that they, that Keanu's character is just willing to, just, it's so dumb in this sequence because, like, he's willing to do this and then he just, it takes him until the very last minute to realize that the car was hot-wired. Uh, yeah. It's like, it's just really a bizarre way to just, it just needs... It needs it to happen so that the rest of the movie can happen. The the three guys get out of the car, put on masks, and run into a bank. And Keanu's right. like, well, I guess this is just a stop before the softball game. And and it takes him looking at the hot-wired car to realize it's a robbery. 
um, as if the the masked people going into the the bank wasn't enough of a hint. Yeah, I mean, and I guess it, it comes down to in the end, I think that, like you said, it is basically it isn't at its heart. It is a romantic comedy, like the way that it's it needs that to have. He needs to be this complete blank, like just go along with anything because he's uh, later on as as like he gets in jail and. Uh, so he ends up uh, in jail uh, with uh, a cellmate with uh, James Kahn as Max. Uh, and their first discussion is about, like, uh, you know, he says, like, the real crime is, uh, you know, not living up to your potential, not fulfilling your dream. And this is where, you know, Henry reveals that, like, he says he's never had a dream. So I guess where it comes down to is, like, the movie is more focused on the romantic part, so it needed him to do that, so that I guess... He needs to meet a girl to like find his dream. I guess is that. I mean, I guess that's what it's trying to say, but it's it's not a very thematically rich film. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, so it he's going to uh, he he goes to jail for this um, for this crime that he didn't know he was doing. He did technically do the crime, um, and, and James Conn tells him like, "Well, if you're in jail for the crime, you might as well just claim to have done it just to get the street cred or whatever." Right. Um. And then when he gets out, he decides, well, if I went to jail for this crime, I might as well literally do the crime. And that kind of becomes his, like, reason to live. Uh, and that kind of is his motivation, at least for a little bit. And and that's what he sees it as, especially. He um, he, he he tells James Kahn that, like, this is, this is my thing. This is my reason to live. He, they have some cute name for it that I'm looking on now. Um, but he, he very much finds meaning in this bank robbery yeah it's so i mean Keanu does a good job in this movie i, I don't think he does yeah but it's like his characters there's just no defining characteristics for any of the characters really uh for like any kind of motivations of like and yeah i guess he wants to rob the bank and then there's always like there's a bunch of scenes where characters like press him on it but then it just and then it just and then the scene just ends like there'll be moments where like Kyle will bring up, like, why do you want to do this? And he'll just say, I don't know. Like, it's just, there's never that moment, that turn of, until, like, the very ending, which we'll get to, of where, like, now, okay, I see he's going to actually make a, uh, we're, we're actually going to see why he's making a decision. Uh, yeah. It's, it's odd. It, it's frustrating because he says multiple times, like, it's not about the money. And then he never says what it is about. We just know it's not the money. Right. Um, it's like you're waiting for that. Uh, that other shoe to drop of like, oh, now we get it. Like he has some history. He's got some past. He's got some. He, uh, you know, is just waiting for the right person. But it like never really goes that far. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's I mean, frustrating. Yeah. Uh, so after he gets out, uh, his wife, uh, you know, left him. And there's a moment. There's a scene earlier where a Judy Greer second scene uh, where she visits him in prison and she says like. You know, I fell in love with someone, and he's just very much like, all right. Uh, like, again, every scene early in, in this first half of the movie, he's basically just, bad things are happening to him, and he's just like, whatever, uh, and just goes along with it. Uh, but in the end, so he gets out of prison, uh, tries to convince, uh, which is probably, there's a scene uh, where, before he gets out of prison, that he's trying to convince, like, James Conn to... Uh, it reveals that James Conn basically likes being in prison. Uh, his character is basically, it's easy, you know, he doesn't have to work hard. He can just basically just show up and get three square meals and he's, he's content with that. 
Uh, so I think the only the scene that actually made me laugh is this part where he's like, uh, he's telling a story about how he sabotaged his uh, parole, and I, that that was funny to me. But yeah, that was he, the only part that I felt like where it actually goes into that full comedy, uh, and it was just fun to see James Caan kind of. Uh, hamming it up a little there. But. Yeah, and, and James Conn is really great in this role as kind of like a, a, a real con man who can kind of make anyone do uh, whatever he wants. And, and confidence man is, is the term he prefers, as he says, um, in, a, in a distinction that literally makes very little sense. He's like, well, confidence comes from like this Latin word. And I'm like, well, con comes from confidence. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what your distinction here is. Yeah, um, yeah it, 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 it feels like a movie where they keep having it's trying to be like a it's trying to be multiple things like it's trying to be a smart witty comedy but then sometimes it has those moments where he's like where people are just dumb and I'm like wondering if it's trying to be like a you know again maybe a Coen Brothers kind of you know one of their idiot movies where like yeah these like a Fargo report after reading people that think they're smart but it never really commits to either so yeah it's um. Ugh, it's it's such a frustrating movie because like to some extent it feels like the pieces are kind of there but none of them ever really come together in any way yeah i mean i could see this this setup like this plot and this uh, especially these great character actors all coming together and uh and again it's like it's it's a watchable movie it's uh it's handsomely made i mean there's nothing uh again there's nothing really bad about the the way it looks and everything it's uh, I mean, they, they filmed on location in Buffalo, and it looks, you know, it's convincing. And uh, but yeah, just again, like you said, it never really uh, pays off. But it so the the real plot is here that he realizes that this uh, first he gets he goes to visit the bank, gets hit by a car. Uh, the car is driven by uh, Vera Farmiga, who's the love interest of the film, and her character. She does again. She's I think she's always good, but her character is very oddly written. Uh, it's almost the manic pixie dream girl, but not really because she's like, you know, uh, but she's just very, her character's very odd. In this. She's manic. I, I don't know about pixie or dream, but manic right, exactly. is definitely the word. Um, she's very high strung and, uh, Keanu, as their relationship unfolds, kind of seems to calm her down a little bit. Um, but there's also just like, I, um, their relationship is also kind of founded on a lie and a very like rom-com trope of like, so, so Keanu realizes that the theater that Vera Farmiga is acting in is connected to the, the jail. Um, uh, the bank that he did. Sorry. The, the bank. Yes. yes. The bank that he didn't rob, but now it's basically now that's the whole point of this movie is that like, he did the times, so and now he's going to do the crime. And yeah, it's basically there's a bootleg tunnel uh, between the bank and the theater, uh, and so she hit him, and she's an actress at this theater. Uh, so, but it's odd because yeah, like you said, it bases it on a lie, but at the same time, their first date, he reveals that he's going to rob the bank. So it's not like one of those things where like uh, I almost was expecting it to where he was going to like you know be lying to her till the last minute, and then it was going to be the classic like third act heartbreak thing but uh, that didn't happen it was well like 
that she just it, knows the whole time. Well, that that does happen to some extent because he he realizes for some reason he gets the dates mixed up in his head and he doesn't realize that the day of the robbery, which is like, so they they end up having to recruit like two members or three more members of of the the team, two of whom were people that Keanu robbed the bank with the first time and. The other is a security guard who, for insurance reasons, or he wants to retire or something, wants well, to. Yeah, he says that, like, basically, yeah, Bill Duke, uh, who's great again. Love, like, love I, Bill I Duke. I love seeing Bill Duke pop up. Uh, but yeah, like, basically, he says that his like the bank he wanted like his wife got sick and the bank refused to help with the medical bills or something, and now they're forcing him into retirement. So he's like, yeah, screw you, I'll help that the bank robbery. But yeah, and then the other two guys are yes, uh, Fisher Stevens kind of. Forces his way in because uh, his la- his lackey guy uh, is a drunk and accidentally reveals the plan. Yeah, uh, and but- so that's where I said like Fisher Stephen shows up again just to be uh, just to be a- an-, an obstacle. Yeah, just just to get in the way. And, but Bill Duke reveals that like on a specific day they're going to have like three times as much money as normal or something like that. Sure. Uh, so, like, there's a specific date that they have to rob it on, and Keanu realizes that that's the date of his first show. Um, cause yeah. Because he, jo- he joins the cast of this show, because apparently he's a natural uh, in, in acting Trotsky, I think is... is, is uh, Chekhov. Chekhov, that's right. Trotsky is the is the political figure in Russia. Yeah. Chekhov is the, the playwright. Um, but they're performing a, a Chekhov play, and apparently he's, like, a natural at playing Chekhov, which is wild to me. Um... I mean, I guess you're just saying, like, he's a nat, like, yeah, it's it's all very odd. Like, it's really just, like, he's good at acting when he's, because he's actually in love with her. And I guess that's what the big uh, emotional reveal is supposed to be at the end of the movie, where she, like, realizes that he wasn't a criminal. He really was, you know, uh, caring about me, I guess. But, yeah, like, and, and, and what I could what I could tell from the plot of the play, which I don't know, it's The Flower Orchard or something like that. Um yeah, the cherry orchard. The yeah. cherry orchard. Thank you. Um, it's it's apparently about a con man uh, who like does con man things and well, steals like, yeah, a cherry like, orchard. Yeah, it's like there's this uh, this wealthy family. This woman returns to you know like her family estate, uh, and there's this uh, like peasant boy who used to live there and is now like yeah like is trying to uh, kind of steal away the orchard from them but like is secretly in love with her or something so it's basically it's trying it's trying to be like compare the plots together but it never really again just never really uh, comes well, together so so do you know the cherry orchard is it something you've uh, read or seen no no okay it, this is just from based on what i'm piecing together from what they say in the play in the, yeah in the see i got the same feeling because i could kind of pick up that much of the plot but it never really like sits down and says oh this is a play about a con man you kind of have to pick it up from the dialogue that's shown but the movie also seems to be like comparing the two and like referencing the cherry orchard at times and i'm like i don't i feel like you have to tell me what you're referencing you can't just reference a hundred year old russian play and expect me to follow (laughs) right um Uh, yeah i guess in the end it's like she and then she even explicitly says like it's about learning to let go of the past and move on or something like it's, uh, and I guess, yeah, but it, it never weird. really, it, it's almost like it's one of those things where it's, it thinks it's really clever and really like deep because it's got this checkoff play. But I, the fact, if you have to look up on Wikipedia to see the connections, it's probably not uh, very successful at that. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Um, 
so he realizes that the the date of the robbery is the same as the date of the play, and he he won't be able to go to the play because he has to rob the bank and then leave. Well, yeah, and for some reason he's surprised that he uh, has to leave town after robbing a bank. Like that's yeah, that's new. To, that's news to him. He's uh, like. He he thinks that he can rob the bank and just hang out, and James Conn is like, nah, dude, we have to go. We will have, have robbed a bank. But that is where, like, the classic rom-com miscommunication comes up, because accidentally he's been lying to the to the Vera Farmiga about the fact that they can stay together forever. Um, and, and, and she's upset about the fact that he has to leave. Yeah, but that, like, emotionally climactic scene where, like, uh, they like or that big scene where they like have a fight is really odd because like Keanu's being very like straightforward about it when he's he's like uh, I have to leave and then he's like but come meet me and for some reason she gets furious and I guess it's at the end I, what I what I finally figured out in that final scene is is that it's basically she's been uh, you know treated her whole life like she's never she's never fell in, fallen in love before she's never. Uh, you know, experienced like she, she basically everyone screwed her over, I guess. And so it's like when she sees this real thing, she just reacts like, "Oh, it can't possibly be real like this time." I guess. Yeah, but it's, um, it's again, it's there's never it's it's very unclear exactly what the characters want and what why they've come to these new decisions or whatever. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, it, it really isn't clear at all, um, especially the the romantic plotline, especially in a movie that is clearly like a romance. And it's also – it doesn't make any sense that both of them know that this robbery is going to happen. And anybody who knows anything about robberies is like you steal it and then you leave town because the police are looking for you. Right. So, so they should both be aware that after this robbery happens, they either both have to leave town or break up. Um so both of them are, are realizing this news um, t- at the same time when it should have been clear from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to bring up – I mean we're basically through – before we get to the end of the plot, I want to just mention that uh, I liked uh, Peter Stormari as the angry uh, Russian director. Uh, I enjoyed his character quite a bit, but I, I thought mainly because it comes from the fact that I love Peter Stormari being a – angry dude with a, a thick European accent. So uh, yeah, it's good to see him in another movie with Keanu. Yeah. There are a lot of, of great character roles in this. Um, but the, the characters aren't great as much as the actors are great and kind of bring personality to the characters, even if it's not depth. Right. Like I think, especially like, especially the core romance there. Like I think Keanu and Vera Farmiga have great chemistry and great. They play well together, but like there's just, any, none of that comes from the the page. Like I don't think you would read that and feel any kind of connection to those characters, uh, just based on, purely on the script. It's basically coming from two good actors that happen to have uh, that play well together. But yeah, it, it's just that it's two good act, act, two actors who can have chemistry with practically anyone and especially each other. But you know, when if you were to read read the script or any other actors were playing these roles, then it would kind of be much more flat right uh so yeah it's like i guess it's one of those yeah i just uh if you're gonna watch a uh crime romance film with keanu reeves watch this one instead of feeling minnesota but at the same time you're still not gonna be uh at least you'll be 
it'll keep your attention for the two hours and then you'll probably forget about it pretty quick but yeah and i i don't know keanu's uh filmography as well as you but i'm sure that there are better crime romance movies uh i mean for him no but at least at at this point yeah uh, but like for other actors yeah for sure you'll be able to find better uh movies like this but uh so yeah it, it all comes down to this you know him uh, performing in this play while the heist is going on, and it tries to it, like it does these weird this like parallel editing. It gets confusing at some point because at one point like he's uh, he's in the ba- in the bank vault getting the money, and then in the next like, scene he's back out on stage. Uh, well, the the connection to the bank vault is through his dressing room, right? Yeah. So it, it, that makes a little bit of sense, but I um. It, do- it doesn't make sense why they can't, like, rob it, I don't know, right after the play or right before the play. Why, like, why are they robbing it literally in the middle of the play? Yeah, I, I mean, it tries to make some point of, like, because these security guard, these, you know, these armored truck drivers are coming at a certain time. But I guess, like, but I, the only real important part is the fact that they need to rob it that night because that's only the time the money's going to be there. But, yeah, they could have waited 20 minutes. There's nothing, yeah. in, like... Like, under what circumstance is the money going to be in that vault for, like, an hour? Right. It it, it, it feels very contrived. But there's... Um, uh, so, one thing I wanted to point out is that there's this... Like, when they're part of the... So, they're digging this tunnel, and then they have to, use, like, cut a hole in the vault floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, something uh, I enjoyed... Clearly, a uh, James Conn is in the, you know, masterpiece that is uh, Michael Mann's Thief... Uh, and they use the same kind of uh, plasma lance cutter uh, that they use in Thief to open the uh, vault. So I, I got a kick out of that. I, I can't imagine that that, that was an accident. But uh, I got to watch Thief. Uh, I've watched a lot of Michael Mann movies this year, uh, and that is not one of the ones that I've seen. But I've seen people in Letterboxd watch that recently, and I yeah, it's wonderful. I got to watch it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but in the end, this is not Thief. This is. Uh, Henry's crime, but yeah. So Unfortunately, and, uh, yeah. So they uh, get the money, but then uh, turns out that uh, Eddie has a gun and he's going to he's going to steal the basically steal the money from them. Um, they did all the work; he's going to just take it from them. But uh, this other guy, uh, who which we completely glossed over, is the fact that this guy that Keanu replaced uh, ended up marrying uh, his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so, but they get him, uh, and he's just they, this dumb kind of uh, drunk guy. Uh, and they get him back on the team because yeah. they needed like a another set of hands to do most of the digging, right? Um, uh, but he, uh, so he points the gun at it, and then Joe like bites his hand, and then there's this big struggle. Uh, Keanu gets shot, uh, and then James Con beats the shit out of uh, Eddie, and then they basically tie him up and leave him there to. Basically, take the fall now. Uh, uh, so they tie him up and leave him in the tunnel and then uh, get away. Uh, but then as they're driving away, Keanu, you know, realizes that he is in love with the girl and decides to uh, stop the car. And it's the, this dramatic, like, running back when he's running with a bullet wound. Uh, it's he, he runs back to the theater and, like... It's not like he's waiting in the wings for his girlfriend to get off the stage. He, like, gets on the stage... Interrupts the play, and we're at the point in the play where apparently his character has stolen the farm and then left town. 
Right. And now he's coming back to town, which, like, you know, if you're thinking about the parallels between the movie and the play, that's where they differ. But which it's... I, which I, in theory, I kind of enjoy. Like, it, like, it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't really, uh, doesn't really hit very hard. But, like, I... It's like the whole movie. In theory, I liked that idea of, like... But it it needed... It would have needed to incorporate more of the play... You know, the... Like, you know, a Hamlet thing. Like, the play is the thing. But, like, it doesn't really do that. Uh, yeah. But, like, I can see it, a version of that working. And it's not... It doesn't, like, make you cringe or anything. But it, like... Uh, yeah, it just doesn't... Again, it just doesn't land fully. Like, it, it was... It, like, it was... Uh, clearly, like, the filmmakers were intending... And and they they spend a lot of time uh, with him interrupting her on stage. He's like riffing lines, and she's confused and still mad at him, and then also mad at him for ruining the play. Right, but then the audience starts to get like a kick out of it, uh, and like uh, even the director starts like uh, directing their like he tells them to like you know like dim the lights to yeah. dramatic lighting for this emotional scene and. I couldn't tell if it was for dramatic lighting or for uh, ending the play. Um, Right. Which either one makes more sense. Um, But the the movie just kind of ends here, right? Right. Yeah, she basically realizes that, I guess, they're in love with each other, uh, and then it's over. Yep. Yeah, and the movie kind of has to end here because as soon as the bank realizes that they're robbed, they're going to realize that the guy who has a tunnel from his dressing room to the bank robbed it. Might, yeah, um, might have had something to do with it. So uh, he's going to jail again um, for A, violating parole, and B, robbing a bank again. Um, but hey, maybe his relationship will make it through jail this time. We'll yeah. see. That's, that's, that's the, you know, hopefully uh, Henry will now, uh, yeah, make it through his sentence, but have a have a girl on the outside. So that'll be nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the movie. Again, not, it's a, Perfectly fine middle of the road movie that uh, you know it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, if you want to check it out, it's only an hour and forty minutes. There's worse ways to spend your time, but also there are better uh, ways. But again, if you're going to watch a Keanu uh, drama with a romance movie with crime elements, you're probably better off watching this. Please, uh, I'll repeat over and over again: do not watch Feeling Minnesota. <laughs> uh, well, if you want to watch a uh, a another. Uh, I was just gonna say, watch The Matrix instead. It's not really a crime movie, and it doesn't. It has like very light romance elements. Just watch The Matrix instead. Really, yeah. most most Keanu movies. Just watch The Matrix instead. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if there's one that's mediocre, you're probably better off watching one of his great ones for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that does it for uh, Henry's crime. Uh, but. Uh, Thanks so much for uh, coming on, Mark. Uh, do you have anything to that you'd like to plug for our fine uh, audience? Absolutely, yeah. Well, well, hey, thanks for having me on. It's always a, it's always fun to be on one of these talk film podcasts. Uh, I, I write for talk film occasionally. I, I should have a piece coming up for the next week or two about um, the great 1939. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Um, I'm excited for that. And then I also have a podcast of my own, not on the Talk Film Society Network, unfortunately, but uh, it's called Best Pictures, in which me and two of my friends, we go year by year for our lives and find the the best movies of of our lives. Um, Starting soon, we'll be starting uh, the year 2000 with 
uh, Gladiator, of course, is the best, best picture winner, but Traffic and Oh Brother Where Art Thou and, and some others as well. So it's, uh, that'll be fun. Our most recent episode was us picking our best uh, actors and movies and screenplays and so on of 2018. Uh, so if you want to hear my opinions on the most recent year in film, listen to that, and then we'll be announcing our winners on the next episode. I, I work for the Chattanooga Film Festival as well the week of April 11th through the 14th. Uh, if you're in the Southeast and love some horror genre movies, check us out. Uh, we'd love to have you. Awesome. Yeah, please go do that. Uh, again, thanks again. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Join me next time. We'll be discussing the private lives of Pippa Lee. Uh, until then, keeping excellent to each other.